1: Welcome, everybody, to the Greenlight Podcast, episode 113, uh, POC e and on this episode, we are joined by Nick Carroll, CEO and co-founder of the Prep Network. Nick, what's up, man? Welcome to the show.
0: Good. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, of course, man. We uh, we appreciate you coming on. Um, we're going to jump in with controversial statements. Uh, I, made, I made an argument a few years back, um, and listen, so really the motivator when people want to know i'm a duke guy duke had a pretty yeah. good run with some minnesota yeah. recruits and so yeah, i'm fun. i made uh, the argument that minnesota could be i'm not saying they are but minnesota could be in the last 10 years or so a top five state in terms of high school basketball talent and i got laughed out of the room what is your opinion
0: yeah, per per capita, I think needs to get put into the conversation. Obviously, you go to some of these markets, like you know, South Florida and Southern California, and in some of these places, I think there's um, just overall like population density factors in. But we've we've had a crazy run the last decade. Um, obviously, you know, most recently with Jalen and Chet, and uh, you know, their whole thing—the fact that those two kids went to one like normal high school program together—is uh, it's a pretty unique thing. But Um, obviously, you know, with, with Tyus and Trey and, you know, some of the kids that have actually matriculated after like Amir coffee, obviously just signed a big contract with the Clippers. Like there's, there's been a really good run. Um, and and one that I don't think is going to be fully appreciated until, I mean, we know being in it, but I, I don't think people are going to fully appreciate it until later. And we're going into a little bit of a dip now, um, that is, I think a little bit more like human um they're still good players but the run that the run that we've had the last decade has been um has been pretty abnormal
1: i don't want to get you in trouble so we can pass we can pass this question but in your opinion and this wasn't on the question list but what is the most overrated area and or state
0: Ooh, man that's a really good that's a really good question um You know, I I look at it in in two ways. Like there are, there are some markets, like you talk like Indiana high school basketball, that's like the quality of basketball that's being played. I don't know if you guys watched the game on ESPN last night with, with Midwest basketball club playing strive for greatness and like Midwest. Is there swearing on here? No swearing? Oh yeah. yeah, Swear away. (laughs) Like, I mean like Midwest basketball club beat the shit out of strive for greatness and like strive for greatness had like, like allegedly future pros all over the place and granted like Midwest basketball club had good guys and they're, they're based out of Ohio, but they have, you know, like some, I think Kentucky kids too. And, um, this, like the quality of basketball in some of these markets is really strong. I, I would say like, and again, I, I don't want to get in trouble too much. Generally speaking, you start getting into like some of the, some of the States in the Southeast will have like freak athletes and some of the like skill, feel shooting stuff can be amiss at times. But I mean, you look at like Atlanta, you look at like Charlotte area, North Carolina, like there, there are some just unbelievable basketball markets. I'm um, starting into like, you know, like Alabama, Mississippi, like some of the stuff, like uh, Louisiana a little bit uh, like freakish athletes, maybe not, not quite as much skill. You get up to the Midwest, maybe not quite as athletic, but super skilled. Um, so man, worst, worst markets though are like most overrated markets. Um, Shit, I don't know. Wait, do you guys have something on that? Is there is there an answer to this that I'm supposed to know? I mean, no.
2: Well, Paul, you called an me answer. off guard with that too. I was not expecting. That. No, there's, it's a great question. There's
1: definitely not an answer. Uh, I mean, I think you could say, and I, you know, I think the reason I I asked this because I'm always curious because I think New York has the allure and the, yeah. the long-standing reputation as being. It's almost like the birth of. I mean, not almost. It is the birth of hip hop, and then it was like, yeah. no, this is the only area of the country that can rap, and then like everyone else caught up and now New York is kind of like, are we the best anymore? Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. New York is not, and I would say Chicago probably for different reasons. So Chicago, um, so many of those kids are going to prep schools now. Yeah. And so we're like, Chicago had like such a rich, like, especially guards so just like every year guards. And um, now you get kids, especially like going out to some of the Arizona prep schools, so like, it's probably not like the, the representation in Chicago and Illinois, I coach a high school basketball team in Minnesota as well. And so, um, Whitney young came up and played us last year. Whitney young is obviously, you know, one of the more storied programs in the country and, uh, don't get me wrong. They're still very good, but you look back like when they had Jaleel and Paul white and like Cliff Alexander and those guys, it was just a, it was like a different, it was like a different time yep, and yep. Um, Chicago doesn't have teams like that anymore.
1: Yep. Um, all right. Let's jump into the prep network, prep hoops. Um, you know, historically, most of the best products or ser- services are born because there's no, they don't exist, right? Like someone sees an opening, they're like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to do it myself. That seems to have been, you know, from the outside looking in, the motivation back in 2012 to start it. Is that true? Like, what compelled you to launch it? And then when you did, Did you envision having, you know, five, six sports uh, in 10 years?
0: Yeah. So originally I thought we were going to be helping college coaches the most. Um, So, you know, I was a, I was a division three recruit like through and through. I didn't have like any romantic feelings about that. Like I should have been recruited at a higher level, but I was definitely interested in what a world would look like if like every D3 school in the country knew about me. I felt like I could have gotten like outside of the region and maybe done like had a more unique experience, and I was really more like recruiting was was pretty prohibitive. Like it was just like you sort of had to like be looked at or like consider the schools in your area if you were going to play that level of basketball, and so I kind of had that in the back of in the back of my head. Um, and then my first year out of college, I played Division three basketball at Hamlin University, and then went on uh, to to coach at a Division three school, Augsburg College. Right after I got done at Hamlin. And, um, I realized like right away that college coaches are dealing with the same shit. It's like, they, they, they don't have the budget. They don't have the resources. They don't have the bandwidth and they want to get access to more kids, but they didn't have a medium cost to cost effectively know who like all, like all these kids were in these different markets. And so, um, about a year after that, um, I was good friends with a guy who still works for us today, Ryan James, who's actually one of our national editors and works on our, our business development team. And um, he had just left uh, the Minnesota rival site, so it was Minnesota Preps. And uh, I asked him on a whim; I just said, "If I started a website, would you be willing to produce the content for it?" And like, I'll do all the all the kind of like back end web stuff and like help with you know content curation, whatever. And, um, and he said, yes. So we, we tried it. And I thought we were just going to be servicing those college coaches. And then like our first 30 subscribers were all parents. And mm-hmm. it was like, holy, holy shit. Like there's, there's a void here where like the same pain, fear, and discomfort that I went through as an athlete. Again, we all talk about like the, the all the crazy parents, that like, think their kids should be ranked higher and all that stuff. That's a thing. But most people just want to know, like, they just want to know, like, what's going on. Where's my kid at? Like, I didn't play. I don't know like what the future holds. And so to have an organized place where you have player rankings and, you know, top performers stuff and like some type of projection about like where kids are stacking up, um, it helps alleviate some of the strain on, on families and helps categorize stuff for college coaches. So that's how it started in Minnesota. I met my business partner, Jake Phillips, um, while i was still in college um he was getting his master's degree uh when when i when i started our business um he reached out and was just kind of curious from an academic perspective about the business we started meeting on it um and when we got together that's when we really started talking about like okay this is like concept has been proven like where should we go so we started girls basketball in minnesota girls or sorry girls basketball minnesota football in minnesota And then our first expansion site was boys basketball in Iowa. And that's when prep hoops was formed. Um, and then now, you know, fast forward to today between football, boys, basketball, girls, basketball, volleyball, a couple of youth websites. I think it's like 137 websites altogether. Um, somewhere in the like 350 to 400 scouts producing content. And then it's, you know, probably 40,000 articles a year across all of them.
2: That's awesome. And, It's crazy. The one it's thinking back and and neither Paul or I were talented enough to play college, but I just remember even as a high schooler and playing against kids and thinking like top kids that back then, at least in the early 2000s or 2010, whenever that was, um, that was I kind of, at least for us, I relied on like the local newspaper of like these are the best kids. But then also the context behind that. I grew up in an area, it's a college, a college town in Virginia. It wasn't, it's still two hours from D.C., two hours from Richmond. So you're not in this big metropolitan area. And so we had kids that I was like, okay, these are great. And then I'd go to a basketball camp at UVA and I'd say, oh, well, there's five kids that are this good as well. And so I think yeah. the the impact of having something, A, just the technology and the world we live in now, but for you and your business to be able to put that stuff together um, and have it in a in in a, in a landscape that really covers the whole country is is absolutely massive. And I know you've added volleyball, you've added girls basketball, football, and soccer. One, it, were those sports I guess more challenging than than a, kind of your bread and butter with 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 boys hoops? And then also, B, I, I think will, will we see new sports come in the in in the coming years past that.
0: Yeah. So there's like anything, there's, there's institutional knowledge that goes along with that. Like, I don't, I don't care what anybody's starting. Like anytime you go to scale something, there's stuff that you take for granted that like the thing that works first, that you just inherently knew or relationships you inherently had that when you go to copy and paste that, I don't know. Have you guys seen the founder with, with Ray Kroc? No. So, yeah. So it's, it's basically, it's the story of McDonald's. So like started the first McDonald's he built he he kind of ripped the franchise model from mm. from these these cats out in in california and then he he so he got the concept started one started two they both went well he had oversight over all of them well all of a sudden like he franchises his first one then he goes to visit the franchise he shows up they're like they're fucking serving fried chicken and he's <laughs> like was like what, what what the hell is going on and like so we start north star hoops report which was our first site and it's like, we have creative control over everything. So like you go and you, you add Star girls hoops and like, like that works well. And then Star football news. And that works well. When you go to prep hoops, Iowa, and this, I, I don't even remember enough to know if this happens in Iowa, but it's like all of a sudden they're writing about like crazy stuff. I remember when we, when we started our Michigan website, and I'm not, not going to name the guy's name, but he's like, dude, I totally get the model. Like, I'm just going to write about like dual sport athletes. So I'm going to have like an article about like basketball and track stars together. And I'm like, dude, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't it. Like, that's not what we're doing. Like, you're yeah. not going to do that. And so like you get that many people involved and you go to scale shit. It's like, there's stuff that there's stuff that definitely comes up along the way. So when, when we started, um, girls scaled about as well as boys basketball did volleyball, um, took some elbow grease. And and honestly, more than anything, like it's, it's great people who are like fanatically passionate about being in the gym and creating memories for athletes. And that's really like, dude, to circle back, like I I was, I was average and like on the spectrum, like I was average in high school. And like, I remember so vividly sitting at my kitchen table and we had just played in the Catholic spirit tournament and there were eight private school teams. And what's a normal basketball rotation, like seven or eight guys, And so let's say there's eight teams, there's eight kids on a team. So let's say 64 kids played a meaningful minute in that tournament. There was a blurb in the Highland park Gazette, which is some like dog shit newspaper in St. Paul that like, I was probably the only one that read it. And there was, there was a one liner in there that said like Nick Carroll was one of the best defenders in this event. And like to this fucking day, it still gives me chills thinking about that. And the fact that we can provide that for kids at scale in, not that we're like a mental health company, but, you look at like all the depression and bullshit that kids are dealing with on social media and all the like bad content they're consuming and, and so like stuff that's in like having them think certain things about themselves. The fact that we can create positive memories at scale for them, like that trumps everything. So when, when you look at like the scale of our businesses, everything takes off when we have more people who are aligned with that mission. And so football, we didn't choose to scale that until COVID. That sucker went bonkers. I mean, football is going to be past our basketball website in the next twelve months, just from a subscription wow. perspective. It's um, it's 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 gone. It's gone ballistic. But um, soccer has had its had its hurdles. There's just not a ton of people that want to produce content on soccer. But um, we we have a pretty decent foothold on the market for for what we for what we do produce. Um, and, and volleyball is well on its way. I would say each of our brands is the top content provider, written content provider for grassroots sports in that, in that vertical.
2: And for people that don't know, I I guess kind of peeling back a couple layers here, tell us a little bit more about the product, the services that Prep Networks provides.
0: Yeah. So any of our websites, so we attack things on a hyper-local basis. So we, when we say, I say we have 137 websites, so that's one state, one gender, one sport. So you know, prep girls, hoops, Kentucky is, is one of our websites. Prep dig Ohio is one of our websites. And so we operate under the assumption that you may care about, like, if you have a junior volleyball player in the state of Ohio, like it's very likely that all you give a shit about is high school volleyball in the state of Ohio. And it's going to be for like a finite period of time. So on those websites, we're gonna produce one to two pieces of content on a daily basis that's relevant to your market. And it may be, you know, conference top performers, it may be, you know, a recruiting profile across, you know, a certain segment of athletes, it may be an updated prospect ranking, a positional ranking, but we're gonna we're gonna continue to pump out relevant content in that market. So that's the subscription side of our house um, or content side of our house. So then on the event side of the house. Uh, we'll run about 200 events over the course of the uh, 204 in 2022. So that's where about a hundred of those are going to be team-based events. So boys basketball tournaments, girls basketball tournaments, um, youth basketball tournaments and volleyball tournaments. Those are our team sports. Um, and then we run about 105 player showcases. So that's where individual athlete is going to come sign up to play in front of our staff, college coaches. We'll see, you know, somewhere in the midst, like from really like September 1st through the end of October, we'll see about 450 college coaches. Those are non-division one schools through our boys and girls basketball showcases. And that's where you're going to see about a hundred kids show up at an event. They're going to play in front of college coaches and media members for, you know, three to four hours and, and, you know, showcase themselves in front of those schools. So we'll see in live play, um, at our events, we'll see about a hundred thousand athletes in 2022.
1: God, God bless you for being in the event management business, man. That is, uh, yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's a different world. I, we, we question ourselves all the time. It's, <laughs> it's process, it's, it's process and scale though. Our event operations team is unbelievable. Uh, we were just on a call with Puma. I know we're going to talk about Puma a little bit. We were just on a call with them today. And they're like, so wait, like you guys take like a two week break between your tournaments and your showcases. And it's like, these cats are trained assassins. I mean, they like they they got their process, and it's like it doesn't matter what type of event it is. Like they just put that sucker in the machine and and just like follow the process. And it's um, it's it's pretty amazing to watch like to watch the thing run. They're 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 the best in the business.
1: Uh, good transition. Let's talk about the most yeah. recent partnership with uh, yeah. Puma and Hibbit Sports. What? Um, well, first tell us about that, and then we'll talk about yeah. maybe what what future partnerships you have coming down the pipe.
0: Yeah. So we work with, we work with an external firm. So we have an internal partnerships team. So our, we have 47 full-time employees, our partnerships team reports up through our marketing team. So our head of marketing manages our partnerships division. And then we have a partnerships manager, Cooper Olson, who runs that team. So um, Coop is working directly with SSEC. So they are our contracted um, I mean, they're basically a hired gun to, to, market our our asset as an event and media entity and so they go out to the pumas of the world to the dick sporting goods of the world to the adidas nikes underarmers whoever the world and and market us and you know try to curate interest and so uh, this this initial partnership with with puma in conjunction with hibbit was a um it was a regional play um and, and really a, a trial run and so what they did is, uh, we were at Cobb Galleria and then the the GICC, so the the Georgia International um, Convention Center, and so we um, we shut down one of our courts. So we laid out an extra court in this convention center, half court. They branded it all decked out in Puma. Um, we did like a three point like a three point contest throughout the event. So kids would get ninety seconds, come and hit as many shots as they could. We're giving away a bunch of free shit um they they had some like prizes raffles and i think they gave us like 200 pairs of shoes to be able to give out to to kids on different teams and stuff and um then there's you know there's a cash component to that they obviously you know they activate with us on um and so now like as of as of today at least you know verbally we have an agreement to, to do another six events next year um and yeah i mean those are obviously it's it's great opportunities for us to create unique experiences for the athletes that come to our events um apparel like sporting apparel obviously aligns really well with this grassroots spend that all these kids are working through. You know, Puma is looking to have a more significant presence in the grassroots space. Their marketing manager that we're working with was hired specifically for like global grassroots basketball. Um he said they have like 20 pros signed on, like O'Mellos, you know, their their biggest one that they're that they're working with. Um and it's uh yeah, I mean it's it's pretty wild, honestly, to be to be having those conversations with those, with those companies, you know, knowing like how quickly we've um, you know kind of got into the position that we're at today like it's not something that we ever really had on the had on the like business strategy to to be working with these guys but it's um it's definitely it's a cool deal
1: yeah I feel like you guys have it's like the natural uh, maturation process like you need to yeah. build and grow and scale and then from there you you can take a step back and be like all right where strategically do we need to be and you're already there Um, so any, uh, anything, you know, obviously, you know, you know, I'm sure you guys are talking to a bunch of people, so you may not be able to share certain things, but anything coming down the pipe or like things you want to have happen or, or people you want to work with in in 2023 and beyond.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Like we talk about our core tenants. So when we talk about that grassroots spend, it's like we are in, and we learned through COVID that, not, I mean, any business is susceptible to competition, market circumstances and shifts and all that shit. But, but we are in this like protected niche world where like, if a family's got a thousand bucks in their bank account and their kid has to spend a thousand bucks in sports that spring, like they're fucking spending a thousand bucks on sports that spring. And like we saw it and and people want to see their kids playing and they want to see their kids moving forward. And there's this like, this kind of weird competitiveness that we we all have amongst each other as parents. Um, And that's really the market that we're in is like the pain, fear, and parent, the the pain, fear, and discomfort parent market. Like, am I doing the right (laughs) stuff with my kid? And so anyways, with that, we talk about this grassroots spend. And so you look at the buckets of obviously apparel is a logical one, like sports drinks and/or nutrition is a logical one. We have a massive partnership with NCSA, um, so they do recruiting resources for, like, like high school athletes. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't need to like say their revenue publicly. They just got purchased, but like, it's it's unbelievable how much money families spend on recruiting resources. But so that that's that's a natural um, that's a natural stream for us. So, so I'm a little bit with like the the, the training and stuff like that. But now seeing layered in like fundraising is a big one for like these, these clubs and programs So like snap, snap raise. Um, yeah. We have a, you know, a pretty significant conversation going with them team sales. Like we've worked with these big team sales the last four years, they just got bought by BSN. So we have a partnership with them. So it's, it's, I mean, it's not that unrealistic that like we'll be doing well into the seven figures in our partnerships division, you know, by 2024. Um, and maybe even sniff that by 2023. Um, our big thing is like low lift max value, not just like trying to take a check, but like what really aligns with our customers and adds value for them. And if it's something that they're spending money on anyways, then it makes sense for us to bring it in-house and either get it more cost effectively or more streamlined to to their you know front door.
2: Yep. No, that, that makes total sense. And I, I think this, this kind of aligns almost exactly with, with what you just answered. But even to kind of piggyback on that, what makes a the prep hoops platform and then your events different from some of your competitors, whether that's the shoe brands or the, um, the event operators that are doing things that maybe are, are kind of siloed in certain areas. What, what are in your words, kind of the, the real differentiators between everything that you guys do and, and other people in, in the space?
0: Yeah, we have hundred percent control over the content narrative at all of our events. So, you know, and, and hoop group is phenomenal and they have a legacy brand that like, like we have a ton of reverence for, um, with that being said you know th- like they their events are better if prep hoop staff is there covering it cuz our, our staff will go out and cover you know other competitors events in the space like we don't, don't we don't try to hold anybody any of our people out from covering events obviously if we're running events we we want our scouts at our events but the fact that we can like a, a program comes to us and like knows that there's going to be one scout per 10 teams at this event. Like the likelihood of if their kids play well, that they're going to get publicly recognized and covered when there's a finite number of places that a college coach can be at one time, like written social video, digital all of those have become mediums for recruitment outside of a college coach's eyes being on you. And we control that narrative at scale better than, better than anybody in the industry. So um, our unique differentiator continues to, and will continue to be content until somebody, um, you know, dislodges us from that. But it's, I mean, it, I, this is me probably tuning our horn a little bit, like second place is fucking far behind. Like they're in that, in that realm, not, I mean, there are some great event operators, but in that content realm, Uh, it's not close
1: talk to us about 2012 and 2022 and how the landscape specifically in boys hoops has changed for better or for worse you know in the last 10 years yeah
0: yeah i i i'm a big believer like change isn't good or bad like it just it is and shit's fluid and i think that like the good good businesses good operators continue to be relevant the ones who who like maybe like left a little bit to be desired have fallen by the wayside. But as far as the basketball landscape is concerned, I think over the last 10 years, we've seen the arc of these, like, of, of the circuits kind of reach a fever pitch and maybe like reaching a little bit of a downswing. Like if you talk to people at like high level grassroots, I don't, I don't know if you guys have had any like Nike UIB no. or like any UIBL Under Armour, Adidas people, but I believe that all of them want to be out of that game. Like, I don't think they want to be event operators. I think that they had a hypothesis that the Andre Drummonds and the Shabazz Muhammad's of the world would sign with their brands if they played in their shoes the whole time. But you're seeing with Zion Williamson, basically was exactly like,
2: what I was gonna say. wearing
0: like Adidas, Adidas diapers. Right. Like, and, and now like it's like, you're going to go where the best offer is most of the time. Chad Holmgren played Under Armour all the way through. Side Nike, like uh, Nike's cooler than everybody else. Like, like they are like, it, it, yeah. it is like for, for basketball, like they have the coolest pros. But with that being said, kids also really enjoy autonomy now. And you're seeing like, I mean, the big winner in the shoe game has been, has been Adidas, but not because of basketball, it's Yeezys. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a, it's like a culture play. It's, it's like a streetwear play. And so like these brands are making money on basketball shoes. So not to like run far too, too far down that rabbit hole. But I think the shoe circuit thing is kind of like, I think it's almost kind of cool to be on like an independent circuit. And I could see those going away over the next few years. Um, kid, kids are getting so much better though, dude. Like yeah. the quality of player that we're seeing. It's just, it's like freakish how good and talented these kids are. Um, and it's only going to continue. Like, basketball is going to continue to get more and more entertaining because the, like, the, the quality of player that's coming Um, I think some kids are super fucking soft, but that's a separate conversation. Um, But like the talent is the the, the talent is at an all time high.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think you're onto something with what, you know, in 2032, what is the EYBL look like? What does the UAA look like? Um, You know, 10, 20 years ago, you did have, you know, if you were trying to go D1, you had to be on one of those teams. Right. Like you had to play for the Gauchos. Now 100%. you don't have to, now I'm not yeah. saying be, I mean, the EYBL, like I get it. It's, it's the, yeah. the crown jewel real deal. Yeah. and you yeah, want to be there, yeah. but yep. you don't have to be.
0: Well, we just had a kid. We just had a kid who played on our circuit. Like we don't spend a bunch of time advertising like two programs, like, Hey, your kid's going to go play high major basketball. If they come on our circuit, like it's, it's really about like event operations and coverage and, and like good experience. Well, I mean, we had a kid, Caden Betts, who, who ironically, so he, he, plays for Pluto prospects. Um, he committed to the university of Minnesota and that I was even like, Holy shit. Like I didn't know we had a kid that good on our circuit. And then he classed up. So he's going to join in the 2022 class and like play for the fucking Pluto prospects. Like, and it's no disrespect to to them or those guys or to our circuit, but it's like, I didn't, to your point, like 10 years ago, you don't have a kid like playing on our circuit. That's like classing up to play for a high major school early. Um, I just think there's so many resources resources out there for college coaches to know what's going on. Most of us run our live events in proximity to the shoe companies. So coaches can pop over and see them, you know, with baller TV and some of the highlight stuff out there. Like there's just so much film and content out there. Um, I, I tell kids all the time, like, if you can't get recruited right now, like, you ain't any fucking good. Yeah. Like it's yeah. I was going to yeah. say. Uh, so I, the overtime lead thing is going to be interesting because I, I, I'm not, I am not in yet. Like I'm not, I'm not out, but I'm not like, I'm kind of TBD on the whole thing. Um, it will be, I'll be curious to see what the what the byproduct is over the next few years. And like where well, some of these guys end up.
1: Remember, remember when Brandon Jennings went overseas and yeah. all the articles were, this is the end yeah. of college basketball, the top yeah, prospects sure. are all, and then he for went sure. over there. We forgot what team he played for for eight months yep. and then he got drafted and we were like, Oh yeah, he's really good. Like, come on sure. back, come on back yeah, into the ecosystem. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's yeah, how sure. I feel about overtime. Again, I'm kind of yeah. with you. I'm not in, I'm not out. But yeah. it doesn't beat the top 1% in college hoops. It just doesn't.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. And it's, the, I, again, it's not to get too, like, sentimental, but, like, planet, like, Playing at a school with a fan base that like takes shit seriously and like goes yes. to games. I don't care if it's Xavier or UConn or fucking Duke, wherever. Like, and I'm not just talking blue bloods. Like, oh, University yes. of Iowa and Creighton, wherever. Like, you go to one of these spots, like your experience is going to be much more enriched than that, yep. in my opinion. Now, if we're creating like pro basketball robots maybe but even still it's like how much better is it really like yeah. like you're gonna like you just like train like 10 hours a day like i like i, I yeah, but at some point you reach like diminishing returns and i i just yeah i don't know it, it, i'll be interested to see what what comes of it but they obviously got a lot of money they got some you know pros that are backing them and excited about it so um more power to them i mean they definitely got the five wheel spinning it's i mean they got the conversation cooking for sure
2: and you talk about that reverence for college basketball, and I, I think there's no more clear example than right now with TBT. I mean, literally, yeah. like, no not question. that anyone's going yeah. to college just so they can play in the TBT yeah. when they're 27, yeah. 28 years old. No but sure. there's a reason that when Dayton's hosting the Dayton Regional, no they're filling up UD Arena no to see all those yeah. guys. Just And, I mean, Paul just coached it with the Ohio team. And guys, even Ohio guys there that were most of that team – a lot of those guys only played one or two years there but yeah. then there's still there's that bond there's that connection they'll always have that they'll always and the experience like and I know we're um, probably a little bit biased there but it, it, you you can't replicate that with, with with what they're doing now once again you know, not you in, know, not no, out but it's it yeah. is special
0: yeah and we've had we've had kids from I mean Rashad Vaughn went out to Finley Prep then went to UNLV like you know, he's a first-round draft pick. And, like, we, we've had kids leave and, and do prep stuff. Kendall Brown went to Sunrise and then went to Baylor. And, um, you know, his draft stock obviously dropped a little bit. But, you know, he he ended up as a pro. Like, I don't think it's, like, a binary, like, you're going to be a pro here and then you're going to be, like, you know, like a, a line cook over here. Like, I I I believe that, like, if you're going to be a pro, like – you're going to be a pro, you know, yeah. like I, I think a lot of times it comes down to habits and sometimes it's situation and confidence and stuff, but um, yeah, anyways, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. All
1: right, man, we're going to get you out of here on this one. Um, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we purposefully uh, leave this off because it's a very authentic yeah. uh, answer. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to say it really slow. So you have time to think about it, but essentially yeah. you have, you have now the green light for a hot take. Uh, this hot take can be about anything. It can be about grassroots sports. It can be about food. It can be about location. It can be about a movie, a book, whatever the hell you want. Uh, This is the opportunity for your hot take. Uh, Nick Carroll, you're up. Go for it.
0: Yeah, I would say the, um, I'm going to go like entrepreneurship route on this. Um, I think there's too much content right now around like fucking quit your job and like follow your dream. Like I think you should definitely side hustle a gig before you like take the jump. Now this is somebody, I I have like four kids of my own. Like I started our deal when I, we only had our, our first son, but like, I think it's, it's like, I think you got to have some hustle and some side grind before you just like jump head over heels into something. And like, prove some type of viable product. And I, I, there's a lot out there right now, like Gary Vaynerchuk and he may, he may, Gary may be pushing more of the side hustle thing actually, but like some of the, like, yeah, just to, to jump into the deep end and like, you may not be cut out to be an entrepreneur. Like yeah. you may, you may be better, like run somebody else's idea being a solopreneur yeah. and not, not having people working for you. Um, there's a lot you can figure out in your spare time, especially in this like work from home ethos that we're in right now. Yep. It's oh, yeah. like, fuck, I mean, we got 47 employees, fucking half of them may have started a company on their own. I'd have no idea. Like, like <laughs> in more power to them if they do, you know? So I, um, yeah, I would say like, if you're gonna, if you really want like to pursue something of great stature, um, I would start as a, as a side hustle first.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, you know growing up so i'm 32 growing yeah. up you know being an entrepreneur was was not even we've talked about this on yeah. the podcast like the concept yeah. of not going to college wasn't yeah. even an option <laughs> you know what i mean for sure it, it yeah, just wasn't sure. even it, the question was where <laughs> yeah. are you going not yeah, for hey sure. what no are you question. thinking yeah. right so for and sure. it was it yeah. was that was a part of it so there it wasn't like people were trained or even had any idea so i think the pendulum has swung so no far yeah, that sure. now we're overcorrecting and we're like yeah, yeah no just quit like you know yeah. the nine to five has gotten demonized but it pays the bills you get a 401k no, you sure. get health insurance like yeah. there's <laughs> there's some decent stuff yeah. to
0: for sure for sure yeah and it's um it is like i don't i, I think you got to see if it's for you like yes, yeah i i still like i have layers of protection between you know, if a clock worker doesn't show up at one of our events, like, yeah, I don't get that call anymore. But it's like, there is shit that happens at our events that like, I can't at Sunday night at nine o'clock, like, if I get a call, I got to take it. Yep. And you are trading that. And for some people, like, that's, that's jarring. Like, that's yeah. not what they want to have. They want to have their weekends protected. They want their, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think there's, there's ways to kind of like, dip your toe in first. Um, and so, yeah, anyways, it was awesome conversation guys. I, I I appreciate it. You guys are doing, um, you guys are doing really cool work.
1: Yeah. We appreciate you coming on. Where can everybody find you like personal Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever?
0: Um, yeah, I, I should, I should even, I should know my handle. I, I think it, I think on Twitter, I think it's prep network, Nick,
2: I got you right now. It's at prep hoops, Nick. I just pulled prep, it up.
0: Prep hoops, Nick. So I just, fuck, go. <laughs> just, got. I just got prep network, Nick, a follower. Too.
2: Um,
0: yeah. Like LinkedIn, I, I would try to share stuff on the business. That's just under my name, Nick Carroll. Um, and then Instagram is, is Nick Carroll. I don't know what that is. There's an underscore somewhere in that one. It's uh, That might be prep network, Nick, on that one. Um, but yeah, fairly active on, on most active on Twitter. Um, But, yeah, any social
1: media, media. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you, man. Uh, Good luck with all the events that you have coming up the rest of the year. We'll be be thinking of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you again, man. We'll talk with you soon. Yeah. thanks, yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, and tell me what you working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup, pulls. Plus Russells up next, and I got this crazy like Britney in the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate her conscious. Taking twelve shots like where the cops is. Come on.